Happy Friday and happy St. Patrick's Day. Hope you're enjoying your St. Patty's Day and doing so, if you're the party type, safely and responsibly. Okay, folks, we're going into the weekend and the news keeps coming and coming and coming. The Fed is going to raise interest rates another 25 basis points. That's right, up another quarter percent is expected next week. Oh, even though there's a banking crisis, even though inflation is continue to raise, of course, that's their battle against inflation is make money not so cheap to stave off inflation, which of course is harming the housing market and other lending activities. But that's okay. The big guys will get bailed out. That's how it works, folks. That's how it works. They privatize their profits, but the losses are the public's burden, the taxpayer's burden. CNBC is reporting, even with turmoil in the banking industry and uncertainty ahead, the Federal Reserve will likely approve a quarter percentage point interest rate increase next week, according to market pricing and many Wall Street experts. Now, folks, I want you to pay attention to what I'm about to say. Who gets crushed most by rate hikes when it comes to banking? Did you say community banks? That's right. Community and regional banks are the ones most crushed by the rate hikes, more so than the huge banks. And guess who they're going to bail out? Well, you don't have to guess, folks, because Janet Yellen made this stunning admission. Yesterday, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen testified before the Senate Finance Committee. During her testimony, she admitted that smaller regional banks across the country will not be bailed out by the U.S. government. Only larger banks will be bailed out like Silicon Valley Bank. And guess what? Even foreign depositors like those in China will be made whole. I'm going to show you this clip over the weekend, but let me give you the highlights. Let me, let me, this is what Jalen, Janet Yellen said. She, he was, uh, she, she was asked by Senator Langford of Oklahoma, hey, what about our Oklahoma banks? Are they going to get bailed out as well? Or are the depositors here going to get bailed out? She said, a bank only gets that treatment if a majority of the FDIC board, a supermajority, a supermajority of the Fed board, and I, in consultation with the president, determined that the failure to protect uninsured depositors would create systemic risk and significant economic and financial consequences. In other words, it's 2008 all over again, too big to fail. Too big to fail. But of course, they picked the winners and losers. Remember back in 2008, they picked the winners and losers as well. They had a closed-door session. We don't know what happened. And at the end of that, they decided who the winners and losers were. Remember? Remember some of the losers? Oh, I don't know. IndyMac? Remember Washington Mutual? Yeah. They were not picked as one of the winners. They literally picked the winners and losers in this. And the regional banks are going to get crushed. And what's that going to force everyone to do? Rush over to the big banks so they have some sort of safety net. This whole thing is corrupt, folks. I will be going into this most likely more in detail over the weekend 
in a more in-depth analysis. But by the way, just in, Silicon Valley Bank Financial Group has filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. This should come as no surprise, but they've sought that protection today, Friday. It's been a week ago since they went into FDIC receivership. AP reports that the parent of Silicon Valley Bank filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy a week after the tech-focused bank failed and was seized by the U.S. government. Now, here is the interesting thing. They're doing this to be able to sell assets. Now, this is against SBB Financial Group, which is the parent company of Silicon Valley Bank, but they are no longer affiliated with Silicon Valley Bank after seizure by the FDIC, the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation. See, what happens is the bank's successor is now Silicon Valley Bridge Bank and is being run by the FDIC and therefore the uh, their assets are not under the Chapter 11 filing. You see how this works? Once again, the profits are privatized but the losses are shared publicly among us taxpayers. We take over the government, not we the people, but the government, the FDIC, takes over the bank, but the parent company is no longer affiliated and is they're completely separate entities. Talk about a perverse incentive. And just in case you think that anyone is actually going to pay the price or there's going to be justice, let me remind you that Sam Bankman-Fried is living in his parents' basement. He's not in jail, even though it's one of the biggest scams in the history of financial scams. Even uh, Madoff didn't get this treatment, but Sam Bankman-Fried is because he gave lots of money to Democrats and they're paying it forward. Folks, the corruption is so blatant and in our face, it's an absolute slap. It's a two-handed slap. This should be on Do Not Disturb. Shouldn't even be here in the studio. I apologize. I'm doing this all in one take. Sam Bankman Freed, we are now finding out, plundered $2.2 billion and in loans and payments as CEO. And he is still, on top of the news that we got before, that he was tampering with witnesses. He's still free as a bird, relatively, on house arrest. FTX founder Sam Bankman-Fried has been accused of taking more than $2 billion, with a B. Uh, I don't know if some of my old-time folks remember this who speak Spanish. Total aside, but you might find this interesting if you're a non-Spanish speaker. Uh, back in the day, we didn't say billion. We said a thousand million because that's what it is. A billion is a thousand million. So back in the day, it wasn't dos billones. It was dos mil millones. Anyone else remember that? Or is it just me? Any other Spanish speaking? And this is one of the reasons why in certain languages, they have an advantage when it comes to math because of the way they express numbers is mathematical. We just go like tens, hundreds, thousands, hundreds of thousands, you know, millions, tens of millions or what have you. But uh, in other languages, they actually frame the numbers in a mathematical way, which makes the processing and the management of those numbers easier. Anyway, that was a Friday curveball. 
Intelligencer reports that Sam Bankman-Fried, the founder of the failed cryptocurrency exchange FTX, received a staggering $2.2 billion in loan payments, loans and payments, while committing a massive fraud within the business. He is currently facing 12 charges while he's sitting in his parents' basement. Wow. He did this through his parent company, Alameda. Total money laundering, hiding stuff over here, taking the money and misappropriating it and commingling funds. I mean, like, these are huge red flag. These are huge violations. These aren't, these are huge violations. You can't commingle funds. You can't mingle for the funds of your clients with your own money for your own purposes. You just can't do that. Like, ethically, you can't do that. That's like, that's bank fraud and, 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 and company fraud 101. But, you know, he gave a lot of money to the Democrats, so he gets to chill at home while this whole thing plays out. And guess what happened this past week with the Biden gang billing out Silicon Valley Bank, including making the Chinese venture capitalist accounts whole. I'll get into that over the weekend, folks. It does merit focus. And then we had Signature Bank. So these banks were the second and third largest bank failures in U.S. history, all within one week. Now, according to the Daily Mail, bank borrowing from the U.S. Federal Reserve spiked to a record $153 billion this week. That is shatters the peak scene during the 2008 financial crisis. Banks are strength, uh, need liquidity, so they're borrowing money from the, uh, from the Federal Reserve at 4.75% to make sure they have liquidity. Nothing to see here, folks. Move along, move along. They want to tell you that there's no recession. But everything is showing that it's going to be worse than 2008 in many aspects. Meanwhile, the International Criminal Court has issued an arrest warrant for Russian President Vladimir Putin over war crimes. And check this out. It's specifically for the abduction of children from Ukraine. The ICC, International Criminal Court, said in a statement that Putin is, quote, allegedly responsible for the war crime of unlawful deportation of population children and that of unlawful transfer of population children from occupied areas of Ukraine to the Russian Federation. Well, if that's the case, where is the International Criminal Court arrest warrant for Joe Biden and Mayorkas for having a porous border and allowing the Mexican drug cartels to smuggle children in from Central America and Mexico over to the United States. Oh, that's right. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> There's two-tier system. By the way, the International Criminal Court has no teeth. The United States doesn't even recognize them. But for what it's worth, that's the warrant that they've issued. But Vladimir Putin's not the only one with those woes. According to folks in law enforcement talking to NBC... Local, state, and federal law enforcement and security agencies are preparing for the possibility that President Donald Trump could be indicted as early as next week. This is according to five senior officials familiar with the preparations. Law enforcement agencies are conducting preliminary security assessments, the officials say, and are discussing potential security plans for in and around Manhattan Criminal Court at 100 Center Street in case President Trump is charged in connection with the alleged hush, hush money payment to Stormy Daniels and has to travel to New York City to face any charges. By the way, he's denied this affair. 
The officials stressed that the interagency conversations and plannings are precautionary. So far, no charges have been filed, but this is the third or fourth piece of news we received in the last week alone about the upcoming Trump indictment over Stormy Daniels. But nothing is happening to the true White House crime family of the Bidens. But we have James Comer announcing that the committee will seek testimony from Rob Walker. He is a Biden, Biden, Hunter Biden associate that paid Hallie and paid the Biden family. He got $3 million from the Chinese-connected CCP, and he funneled a third of that back into the pockets of the Bidens. James Comer announced that he will seek testimony from Rob Walker to clarify this. He probably won't show up, plead the fifth, or we'll get some sort of immunity. Let's see how this story plays out. Meanwhile, Hunter is suing John Paul Mac Isaac, the man he dropped off his laptop with. Folks, you understand that Hunter Biden signed a contract saying, uh, asking for the backing up of the data. And that contract said you have 90 days to pick up the stuff or you lose the computer and the data and everything becomes becomes property of Paul Isaac, uh, Paul Mac, John Paul Mac Isaac's shop. Uh, Mac Isaac said, I started doing the paperwork before he left the shop, before I triaged the three machines. So the paperwork said, recover data from three laptops. It also said after 90 days, those laptops become my priority. And the fact is, Hunter Biden signed a contract that said if he didn't come back and obtain his laptops on the recovered data after a certain period of time, he would forfeit the laptop and his contents. But that is not stopping him from now going after Mr. Isaac and he's suing him. Wow. John Paul Mac Isaac's life has been changed and decimated since April 2019. And remember, he gave... Several messages said several things. Hey, Hunter Biden, come pick up your crap. And it went ignored. Wow. Luckily, it did fall in the hands of Mr. Isaac. Um, and we know what its contents are. By the way, um, you there, there are the GoFundMe or something to help Mr. Isaac with this. See, they keep crushing him, trying to crush him with, 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 uh, with law. Suits. They have reached out. Uh, the Gateway Pundit reached out to John Paul Isaac, and he wasn't able to share anything about what's going on right now. But he he did let everyone know via the Gateway Pundit that he appreciates everyone's prayers. Okay, New York City. You think it's bad? It's gonna get worse. New York Police Department staff is resign. Uh, Okay, the staff of the New York Police Department is resigning at the fastest pace since two, since 9-11, September 11th, uh, 2001. But guess what? They're going to fix that. They're going to recruit more people. How are they going to do that? By lowering fitness standards. Why? So they can hire more women. But wait a minute. I thought men and women are equal. I thought women's just a construct of the patriarchy then why must they lower fitness standards so they can hire more women? Women are just as strong as men. They can do anything they want as men. It's ridiculous that 
New York Police Department would have to lower the, the fitness standards just to hire more women. That doesn't even make any sense. Men and women are exactly the same. I can't say that nonsense with a straight face. Like, share, subscribe, folks. I'll have much reporting and analysis for you analysis for you over the weekend. Don't forget to check out our sister channel, BCP Report. Junioret uh, dropped a report. Two very important pieces of legislation, one in the Senate, one in the House of Representatives. Please get involved. You need to let Washington know how you feel about these two bills. You can check out the BCP Report. Just go to bcpreport.com. It'll take you to our other channel. And don't forget our off-platform show over at therealbcp.com or you can catch it at bcpextras.com. That show is called BCP Unfiltered. You can also uh, catch it anywhere we have our podcasts by going to bcppodcast.com. Hold tight. I'll have more news for you over the weekend. Ciao, goodbye, God bless.